census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Ray. Hope you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And we are here, of course, uh, in Magenta Manor, in the Pat Cave, brought to you by the Dorkening and Deadly Grounds Coffee. Once you go deadly, you don't go back. Uh, I am not here by myself. Of course, I am joined by my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is <gasps> the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Queen Regent of Rosé, the Mistress of Merlot, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. And the Real Housewife of Transylvania as well, also, in in addition to, it's uh, Ashes of a Nightmare. I really like wine. You do. You enjoy your wine. I don't know if wine. you know this. If anybody knows this, it might be, might be a, a secret of mine, but I really like wine. I'm drinking a wine that... Uh, I haven't had in a while. It's my favorite wine. And I, I, I've been, you know, experimenting with other things, uh, different wines, things that are not wine. If Hamburger milkshakes. To, uh, well, 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 no, because I'm a veggie-saurus, so, you know, not, not necessarily the hamburger, but, uh, but you know, experimenting with different ciders and whatnot. It's been a, it's been a fun summer. It's been a fun quarantine. But, uh, no, I, I, I recently, you know, was perusing the wine aisle, and I was like, oh, hello, old favorite. I haven't had you in a while. I think I'll pick you up. Wine. And I just, yeah, that's wine, a name I why not? That's yes. a name I haven't heard since a long time. But you know, and I just I just popped it open and like the it's like an old friend, you know, or like a like your favorite pair of sweatpants or like your favorite pajamas, mm, your comfy. favorite blanket, your favorite chair. You know, that 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 comfort thing. Like it's just it's so it's apothic dark, by the way. If you've listened to the show, you probably know. Uh, but I'm a huge fan of the apothic vineyards as far as, you know, uh, mass marketed stuff goes, anyways. And I just love the Apothic Dark. It is a dark red blend. It is just, it, it is perfect. It is practically perfect in every way, just like me. But no, I just I, I just took a sip of this wine, and I'm just like, oh, that's what I needed. Yeah, it's been a while you know? since you've like, had it's wine. Been, it's been, it really has. Well, I mean, it's been a while since, I mean, granted, I did have wine last week. But I've kind of cut back on the wineage a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, you've been but working I mean, a lot, too. But I haven't, you know partaken of wine a lot but i've been trying to expand my palate a little bit and you know partake of other things but it's just it's just so nice it's just so nice it i'm is. in a good mood yeah and we've got a, a good uh, discussion well, we've got for a this great evening. show for you today so, so you want to do it you want me to do it like <laughs> i was I... gonna say so to kick things off we have our getting into character question because today we are talking about none other than the black widow uh her film just came out obviously she's been in our lives for a while with the uh 
what? Marvel Cinematic Universe well, I was 2010. Say, I can't remember when Iron Man 2 came out. Was it 2010? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And yet I haven't aged a day. Uh, so we want to know, our getting into character question is, if you could be a member of any superhero group, any superhero group we're talking avengers justice league x-men uh birds of prey there's a lot of you know, groups fantastic Four. There, there's a lot yeah. of groups and duos and some of them short-lived some of them not so much uh if you could be a part of any superhero group who would it be and why oh i mean i mean i would like to be part of the guardians of the galaxy because i'd like to fly around in space um i'm not a billionaire so i can't do that you know but, you know, or at least I can't fly 20 feet into space and then, you know, come back. Um, but I don't know. I think that would be fun. And, like, you don't have to have any specific set of powers in order to do that. Like, Peter Quill doesn't have any powers. He's just, I mean, in the in the movies, he's half, uh, whatchamathingit. Um, uh, I keep wanting to call him equestrian, and that's wrong. <laughs> Celestial. <laughs> He's half He's equestrian. Half equestrian. He's a centaur. <laughs> um, but which end? Uh, the middle. <laughs> the middle. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like that joke. It's like imagine if your uh, if your mom was a mermaid and your dad was a centaur and you just got like both the human halves and like. Yeah. But I mean, if, if the worst case would be like, you had like a top half of a horse and bottom half of a fish you'd be uncomfortable on land and in water well or or the opposite you'd have the top half of a fish and the bottom half of a horse and you'd be uncomfortable on land and in water right so it would suck either way so like there's no good way that that ends up with that um but i don't, I don't know um the star jammers would be pretty cool uh i like the star jammers uh, again space um you know, in order, see, if you're going to pick, like, the X-Men or X-Force or X-Factor or any of the other X-Teams, you know, the the Power Pack, not the Power Pack. I mean, that's a different team, but um, say, uh, who the hell else was on the, the, the New Mutants? Um, like, you have to have a mutation, so then you have to start picking what your powers are going to be, and, like, that's a whole different, um, that's a whole different thing. Um I, I think one of those one of those two teams, just because I'd be able to go into space and you know, it'd be it'd be kinda cool to visit new planets and, and see new things. How about you? So uh I'm gonna go with okay, so I'm I'm teetering back and forth between a couple. Uh one is D C, one is Marvel. So I'm gonna hit you with both. Uh D C Birds of Prey, easily. Like, that's such a fantastic group. You know, kick-ass ladies, kicking ass, being boss bitches, you know? And it doesn't matter. It could be either the comic version or I fucking loved the film version, uh, the cinematic version of Birds of Prey. I know it got a lot of hate. I don't care. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was super well done. I loved it. I had a blast. I know some people weren't too keen on how uh, one character in particular was portrayed. And to be honest with you, I don't know enough Cassie about Kane. it to care. I fucking loved it. I had such a good time. Like, I would love to be a Birds of Prey or... A Bird of Prey? A, a, that too. Um, 
maybe I'm all. It's me and all of my personalities. So yes, birds is correct. I want to be. I would be a duck. I want to be a birds of prey. I would be a pigeon. Fabulous pigeon. (laughs) Neither of those are birds of prey, but please continue. (laughs) And Marvel, I want to be an X Men because if I was in the X Men, if I was an X Man. Like woman which, which like but again like that, that would mean i would have to have some sort of mutant suit i would have to be a mutant i would right, have to have some sort of mutant superpower and then you'd have to pick your power so like you know would you be x-men blue x-men gold would you be you know x-force well, we'll x-factor I mean, like now you're just getting into territory i'm unfamiliar with so i'm just gonna say i want to be an, an explanation i hope you an explanation <laughs> Um, I think being some kind of like uh mutant. No, well, more was, mutants. Yeah, no, more mutants. Uh, some kind of sorcerer, like you know, like like the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, you do like you some Scarlet Witch. Oh, well, I mean, I, I like her, but I also, you know, I'd be the wine witch. Mm-hmm. Drinking uh, wine, casting spells, just like real life. But I think that would be also a fun group to hang out with. Uh, it depends. Like well, I mean, uh, well, a lot of them are whiny, de- broody. Like well, I mean, well, especially Wolverine. No, no, Wolverine would probably be the cooler one to hang out with. I'm talking about like Bobby Drake and uh, Iceman. You know, he was always like whiny and moody. Beast is always whiny and moody. Um, you know, because everyone's like, Ooh, I'm a mutant. Oh, I'm gonna fight giant robots." Okay, so I'd probably hang out with the chicks. I'd hang out with Storm and Rogue and Jean Grey Rouge? and you know, no, you Dazzler. Would, you, you, you'd and... hang out with you, yeah. You'd hang out with Dazzler and Jubilee and uh, Wolfsbane and um, probably Emma Frost. Um, that's it. That's who you'd hang out with. Like the other ones are like, they wouldn't be friends with you. Like you guys would. Like, <laughs> they wouldn't. No, be, like you wouldn't have any friends no, no, in the X Men. No, no, You wouldn't have those <laughs> friends. Like, Th- thanks for the thanks for the boat of confidence. Like, well, the, <laughs> their personalities. Have any you, you wouldn't want to hang out with them. Probably not. They'd no. be like, you can't sit here, and you'd be like. I don't fucking want to. <laughs> right? No, you would probably... Bitch, I don't want to. You'd hang out with, like, the Hellfire Club. That's who you would be. Ooh, who's that? The Hellfire Club is uh, what Emma Frost used to be in. It was, like, they're bad guys. There's uh, Emma Frost was a white queen. Madeline Pryor, who was, like, a clone of Jean Grey. It is a long fucking story. Uh, but, like, the evil clone of Jean Grey. Ooh. Um, she was the black queen. There's Sebastian Shaw and... Um, I think Black Tom Cassidy. I might be wrong about that, but I know Sebastian Shaw, and there was one other guy. Um, they were, you know, similar to like the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, but they were like upper class, high society, fancy, like dress galas and like you know doing fancy like wine drinking. Oh, I am so yeah. dead. Like the, those be, are those are my people. For for anybody who's listening to this who knows what I'm talking about, if you think like if you think I'm right, if you think that you you know especially like I, I'm specifically specifically calling out Coop, powerful Brandon and old man Wade. Uh, tell me that she wouldn't be a great member. She would be the pink queen uh, of of the the Hellfire Club. That's where I think you would fit in the best because like a lot of these these characters like you just wouldn't be you wouldn't be friends with. Like I don't think I would be friends with most of the X Men. 
like I might be friends with like like that sounds like the perfect because I'm uppity like and as the kids say bougie af oh yeah you you would definitely like fit I in would with, absolutely with, fit in with that group yeah like they're oh they, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research yeah check maybe out those the are characters Club. we need to cover at some point I I think so I mean there's a long history and again there's a lot of different characters and they the only issue with them is like. They're all like, yes, this is what our plan is, but each of them have their own agenda for like how they're going to screw over the others. Like, I just... absolutely want to be friends with them. Yeah, so it's always... With uh, fronds like these, who, who needs, needs anemones? So tell us who you would want to hang out with, like what, what team you would want to be a part of, uh, and why. Let us know, because oh, we're... Teen Titans would also be pretty awesome. See, I don't think... Y- the only one you'd hang out with it would be Raisin. I like Beast Boy. Yeah, but he'd be too obnoxious for you. Beast Boy, yes. No, that is that is true. You would be friends with Raisin, and that's it. That I mean. What about me? What about Raven? Um, but yeah. So, uh, I think with that being said, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll play the uh, trailer because we are going to be discussing Black Widow this week. Yes, going into uh, uh, her history and the Marvel. Pretty much focusing more on the Marvel Cinematic Universe than anything else, because come to find out, she is a rather complex character. And apparently indestructible. But we'll get into that when we discuss it uh, coming up after these short messages. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Terrificon, Connecticut's number one Comic-Con is back at Mohegan Sun on July 30th to August 1st. Meet actors and superheroes. Shop for cool stuff. It's three days of Comic-Con fun. Terrificon, Connecticut's number one Comic-Con at Mohegan Sun, July 30th through August 1st. Learn more at Terrificon.com. and we played our rules. It wasn't real. 
it was real to me. To me, you were everything. One thing's for sure. I'm done running from my past. And we are back. That, of course, was the trailer for uh, Black Widow, which just came out a couple weeks ago, uh, July 9th, I believe. Uh, so we're trying to give folks some time before you know we discuss it. So if you have not seen it, this is your spoiler warning, uh, because we're going to be discussing... Spoiler alert. Spoiler what alert. What the fuck is that? It's a spoiler alert. That's... Uh, I don't know about spoiler that. Spoiler alert. I don't know about that at all. It's the official Throwdown Thursday spoiler alert. You didn't know that? You weren't aware? Uh, no. No. Well, well you're aware now. I guess I'm aware Just now. so you know, that is the official Throwdown Thursday spoiler alert. <laughs> um, I think this should be our spoiler alert. Titty sprinkles. Yeah. So that's going to be our... Uh, our, um, our spoiler Not alert. as fun. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, today we are talking about Black Widow. Yeah! So we're going to get into some spoilery territory of the film that just came out. So if you have not seen it, I highly suggest, I, I will, if you if you have not seen it, but you don't care about spoilers, then please listen away. But if you have not seen it and you do care about spoilers, then please shut us off, watch it, and then come back. Yeah, because again, one more time. Because I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I mean, we even waited a couple weeks and I had a bunch of stuff spoiled for me. So, you know, I, I don't want to be that person either because um, I hate when stuff gets spoiled. So the first thing I want to say is I was introduced to the character of Black Widow in 1990 in The Death of the Incredible Hulk starring Lou, Lou Ferrigno and Bill Bixby. Uh, this is a made-for-TV film. And uh, I think The Death of the Incredible Hulk was worse than uh, the way that Jaws ended um, because... He fell out of a plane and landed on the ground. That's how he died. That's it? Yeah, he fell out of a plane. Like, a <laughs> guy went to shoot him, and he knocked the gun out of his hand, and the gun went off, and the plane exploded, and he went flying. And his love interest, who was supposed to be Black Widow, but for whatever reason, they just called her Yasmin instead of Natasha. Because I guess they couldn't use those. Like, Did the they only not have the rights no, to Natasha? No, the only rights they had... Like, in the trial of the Incredible Hulk, there's Daredevil, but he doesn't look like Daredevil. But the guy's name is Matt Murdock, and he's a lawyer, and he's blind, but he's not Daredevil. And there's the bad guy is Fisk, but not Wilson Fisk, just Fisk. Played by John Rhys-Davies, by the way. Oh, really? 
And in the first movie, it was Thor, but it was like mythical Norse god Thor, not Marvel character Thor. Although it has been over three decades since I've seen it, so I might be a little hazy on that. Uh, and certainly not Vincent D'Onofrio as Thor from Adventures in Babysitting. No, different so, different guy. Just throwing that out there. But um, <laughs> she was very clearly a spy. She was very clearly Russian. Uh, she was trying to get the secrets of, you know, uh, not Bruce Banner, uh, David Banner, uh, which, you know, they... You know, you want to talk about stuff that drives comic book nerds up the wall. It's when they change characters. Like, instead of Robert Bruce Banner, his name was David Banner. And he was super clever. Like, every town he would go, and they did this in the show as well. Like, he'd always be like, he'd have a different name. Like, it'd be like David Belmont. David, you know, something that begins with a B. Like, in uh, The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, his name was David Belson. So it's always something like that. David, and then a last name, B. Like, that's... Ugh. But I loved that. Um, and I watched it all the time. And I watched all the... Uh, all the... Uh, whatchamathingits. The, um, the TV movies, so... Whatever. Um, so that was my introduction to her, even though I didn't know who she was. Um, because they never came out and said Black Widow. They never came out and said Natasha. She was Yasmin, which is so weird. But, yeah, I was introduced to her in 1990. Uh, and then, you know, I knew a little bit about her from the comics. I didn't know much about her I, when I first saw her. I thought she was, like, one of the, you know, rapidly expanding uh, spider people, you know, because she had that name, you know, and I had just seen a... a a comic book with a guy named Tarantula that was fighting Spider-Man. And, you know, so there's Tarantula and Spider-Man and Spider-Woman, who's not related, and Black Widow. And it's like, okay, I just thought they were all, like, somehow related to Peter Parker and had similar powers. And turns out I was very wrong. I found out a couple of years later when they introduced, like, the card series. I think it was Marvel Series Three, the ones that had the uh, the different power ratings on the back, but like weren't yellow; they were all black cards. Uh, somebody's going to know what I'm talking about in the audience. Yeah, I guarantee. I, you. I have no. There were three idea. series of Marvel cards. The first ones were like white. The second ones were uh, like yellowish, and the third series was uh, like all the cards were black. Um, and the second two, like the first series, had like a brief synopsis of who they were, and like their their battle results, like what their winning percentage was. I think Spider-Man at the time had an 84% uh, winning percentage. Um, and then you go on and the next one would have like power rankings, one through seven, you know, strength, speed, agility, intelligence, stamina, endurance, energy projection. And then they carried that on into the next uh, series of cards, um, you know, expanding the universe, giving you different uh, different types of characters, like, you know, who's who. It's pretty cool. I collected a lot of them. I liked series one and two and three. Like, I was a fan. Um, I still have. I've got, like, 300 uh, series two cards. A lot of doubles, a lot of triples, a lot of quadruples. But I got a, I got a whole bunch of them, and I just thought they were awesome. Um, also, not to be confused with the X-Men trading cards. There was only, like, 100 of those, and they were all uh, drawn by Jim Lee, 
which is super cool. Um, but yeah, that was my introduction to Black Widow. So I knew a little bit about her. Um, like I knew she was a Russian, former Russian spy. I knew, you know, she could fight. Um, I knew she had like a lot of gadgets and stuff, you know, very similar to, you know, a lot of the uh, non-powered heroes, you know, like, yeah, Captain America has his shield, but, you know, he's also, you know, super powered. Uh, you know, I don't want to compare everybody to Batman, but like, you know, Moon Knight, um, uh, Night Thrasher, guys that uh, had powers and, and uh, not powers, but had like heightened fighting abilities. And they had like their city. Daredevil is another one. Uh, um, Electra, um, Catwoman, you know, everybody, all these characters that have like their heightened, uh, heightened fighting skills based on, you know, whatever trauma that they had. And, um, you know, their, their signature gadgets, you know, Daredevil's Billy Clubs. Um, that's what I knew about her. So, like you, you know, getting introduced to the MCU version um, was very, very different. And we get to see her, like, fully in action in Iron Man 2. That was when we first get to see her. Right. And, you know we slowly kind of get her backstory throughout not necessarily iron man 2 but definitely you know her appearance in avengers and she you know was in age of ultron civil war you know she was uh, i believe black widow is scarlett johansson's ninth appearance as black widow in the oh MCU. the black the, the solo film yes um well, let's see we had iron man 2 Three Avengers, um, Endgame, so four Avenger movies. But I mean, she's not even four Black movies. Widow, you know, Natasha Romanoff in Iron Man 2. She's Natalie Rushmore. She is. She, I, mean, I mean, like, yes, she that's is. That's how she's but, introduced. But that's, right, but what I'm saying is, you know, she... Uh, for the majority even, of the movie. Right. You know, we don't even know. I mean, we know she's Black Widow, but we don't know she's Black Widow. Not at the beginning. Until, you know, I mean, obviously she's sent there by S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff. Yeah, there's so. that whole series after Rhodey steals the, uh, quote unquote, steals the uh, the prototype suit uh, after the drunken battle with Tony. And, um, you know, what's his name? Uh, Nick Fury shows up with her in her full leather outfit. Um, and he explains who she is. Um, you know, we find out then. I mean, like, obviously, we had an idea because they're not going to add somebody of her caliber and show her doing what she does, like, when she kicks the shit out of uh, Happy Hogan in the in the sparring, the little, like, makeshift ring. Yes. Um, yeah. And she does, like, that crazy move, and he's like, yeah, I just, I just, I fell. My fault. I fell down. <laughs> it's... Um, and then we get to see them later on, both fighting guys. Like, hey, I got one. And she's already incapacitated like 11 dudes. Um, we do get to see, like, uh, and there's a reference in uh, in uh, Black Widow in the new movie uh, about Budapest, or depending on who you talk to, Budapest. Yes. Um, and we get to see footage from that in a flash, not in a flashback, but in like a... Uh, I think it was in, although it might have that might have also been Sokovia because I think it was uh, Captain America: Civil War, 
where they show her and Hawkeye side by side, you know, against some sort of onslaught. You don't see who they're fighting against, but it, I think it might have been uh, Hungary when they were in Hungary. That's Budapest is the capital of Hungary. Um, oh, I thought you were just telling me that you were hungry. <laughs> no, I could always go for snacks, but um, but no, there's a whole uh, there's a whole like deep, rich history, and I think. You know, just as the uh, as a character, they didn't flesh her out nearly enough. Like, and this solo movie should have come a decade ago. Well, that's and that's my issue. So, you know, we have we know some of her backstory, and I I have it in my notes right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but what bothers me most is the fact that pretty much everyone else had some sort of standalone solo film. Even if you count, you know, The Winter Soldier, that, like, gives you a ton of background about Bucky and the Falcon, and then they got their own show. Um, Captain America got a trilogy. Iron Man got a trilogy. Thor got a trilogy. He's got a fourth movie coming out. Technically, Iron Man has five movies, if you count the two Spider-Man movies, because those are essentially Iron Man films. uh, Civil War is essentially an Iron Man film. Where she... uh, Brace yourselves, kids. Feminist rant coming through. Um, But no, uh, because she was the only female representation in the Avengers initially. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously Scarlet Witch comes around during Age of Ultron. And Maria Hill's not as uh, vital a character. Right. But she's really the only female representation in the Avengers. So the fact that they waited until now. Now, granted, I know that this film was supposed to come out, what, last Last year? year. Uh, you know, so and, and that's matter. another Still thing too. too. We're going to talk about that. Um, but I feel like this this film should have come out ten you years know, ago, uh, before the first Avengers film. I think this movie should have come out. I think it should have come out after the first Avengers film, uh, which would have made it, I think, 2012. So almost ten years ago, because you know, giving you little bits, little snippets of backstory. I mean, like, even Peggy Carter got her own her own TV show. Phil Coulson got his own TV show. Um, giving you a little bit of background on who she is, you know, kind of setting up, you know, talking about, you know, that scene that she has with Loki, you know, like, oh, you know, my ledger is, is you know, in the red and I'm trying to help make up for it and this and that. And it's like, oh, that's a little bit of mystery. Like, you know, can we find out about that? And then... The next movie should have been, um, should have been Black, Black Wh- Widow. Yeah, yeah. Like it should have been introduced. You know, almost ten years ago. That's when we should have found out. You know, uh, her backstory. You know, the Red Room, the fact that you know she was born Natalia Elianovna Romanov, and I love the fact that she's a Romanov too, because you know if mm-hmm. you know anything about Russian history, the last name Romanov is so like elusive, and so like there are uh, there's a thing where um, anyone with the last name Romanov believes that they are descendants of the Romanov family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Anastasia, if you've ever seen that film you know everything all stems from from that and yeah it's a really interesting piece of history if you have no idea what i'm talking about google it i'm sure there yeah, are plenty of up. different uh, youtube videos about it um it's it's really interesting i i have i have a thing for 
uh, fabulous, tragic stories in history. <laughs> so obviously I have a thing for the Romanoffs. Um, kind of like Bruce Valanche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has a thing for fabulous. Uh, and the Titanic. Of, the Titanic. Right, like, you yeah. know, like, like tragic pieces of fabulous history. Mm-hmm. Um so anyways, you know, I, I find that to be really interesting, the fact that she's a Romanoff, although they don't really touch too much on that. Not in the they movies. Just use the, you know, they just use the last name. So I think it would be kind of cool to, you know, throw a little bit of Russian history into that as well. But she was born December 3rd in 1983 in Stalingrad, Russia. And as an infant... Now she, Leningrad, St. Petersburg. Yes. Uh, and as an infant, she was deemed by the Red Room to possess genetic potential and was purchased from her birth family. And she thought that her family had just given her up. I mean, is this better? Well, no, and we do find <laughs> I mean, out a little bit more about what actually happened in the Black Widow film. Your parents didn't uh, just abandon you. They sold you. Right. Well, then, like, and then come to find out, you know, her mother had regrets about it, wanted to get her back, and they killed her. Yeah, I mean, that's... They killed her. They were like, you know what? We, we don't need any of this. We don't, we don't need you getting in our way. So, you know, bye. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. You know, uh, it would have been interesting to learn a little bit more about, to actually see the Red Room. You know, we see a little bit about her temporary life that she had for a brief, what, three to four years? In Ohio. I think it was, in Ohio, when she was living with Alexei Shoshkatov and Melina Vostokov. Yeah. You brace yourselves, kids. A lot of really bad Russian accents are going to come your way in this episode. Or, or bad pronunciation of Russian names, because I happen to do a flawless Russian accent. You do. Sure. Sure. We'll let you think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. So she really had this 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 fucked up childhood, and the Red Room is this training ground for these girls and it's always girls they always take girls uh and to to, to train train them to be these kgb agents it's not even kgb like this is above and beyond the kgb this is like you know that's like saying you know oh captain america was in the army like he he was trained by the army it's like kind of but like so far beyond that like um they were elite, the elitist of the elite assassins. So, like, she was taken as a child. So, like, the Red Room is pretty much all she knew. And then she was placed to be this faux family, this temporary family in Ohio, of all places. Um, to, uh, their goal was to infiltrate and retrieve data from a local Hydra masquerading as S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, and for like those three or four years, they lived as this family unit. So that was really the only family that she ever knew. And then once they were found out or once their mission was completed, she was ripped from them again and brought back to the Red Room. And what happened in the Red Room to these girls, if these girls survived the Red Room, it was just, it, it's it's crazy and i'm gonna i'm gonna sidestep here you know um one thing i do appreciate about these marvel films and you know the the series that have come out is they're not afraid to take on political 
uh, commentary. They're not afraid to take on these political subjects and to, like I said, make commentary about them. So Black Widow is absolutely uh, commentary on human trafficking and the way that girls primarily are targets of human trafficking and the way that they are treated. Uh, they bring up female sterilization, which is something that happens a lot to trafficking victims and, you know, to women in other cultures, involuntary female sterilization. Uh, and they're not afraid to shy away from, to like, you know, we all know that I love a story with super, you know, feminist undertones. And this is, absolutely has it and i overtones well i mean i just i the similar to another film starring one of the stars of black widow uh i liked it when i watched it but the more i think about it the more i kind of digest it a little bit the more i i i pull it apart and dissect it and really focus on little things the more i research about it the more I love it, the more I like it. Like I, I'm talking about Florence Pugh and in Midsummer, obviously. In this, uh, she had guns, so she was Florence Pugh, 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 <laughs> Pugh, Pugh. And this but was the, this was directed by a woman as well. But the the uh, uh, Kate Shortland story itself was really well done. It was all about family and sisterhood and trying to break the chains of bondage, so to speak. And you know, I will free these other girls from, you know, submission. And I will also, uh, I could tell, here's when I could tell, because I didn't know who directed it at first, but here's where I could tell that it was um, directed by a woman. Because this is not a, a series of dialogue that a man would write. When they... The rescue plane. Alexi. Yes, on the plane. When they rescue Alexi, and he's like, oh, what do you want, your period? And she goes into how She's they- like, I don't get my period. Yeah, like, I, they took my uterus. They took, you know, my cert. They, they took and everything. He was, he was just like, ah, oh, I don't need to hear it. She's like, like oh, oh, I was going to mention my fallopian tubes. Yeah, like, because <laughs> it's like, no matter, you know, you, you get these like, oh, I'm a big, strong, you know, powerful man. It's like, oh, well, let me start talking about my uterus. Oh, no, no. Oh, oh I can't oh handle that. Oh, my God. That. Female anatomy. That's so gross. Like, fuck that. No. That's when I knew that this was directed by a woman because that is you a know cunt. When I knew this was directed by a woman. Their hair was pulled up. They were wearing flats during fight scenes. That's how they they were wearing loose, comfortable fitting clothing during There these were fight a couple scenes. of lingering shots on their asses though, which like I wasn't I, I was like, did Joss Whedon direct this? Like what's going on? But, no, but, and, because... but that's a huge thing. And even I'm gonna go into this right now. Uh Scarlett Johansson, obviously, you know, who has portrayed the uh Black, Black Widow, Widow many times. throughout the entirety of uh, her duration in the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe, she said, hold on, I have a great quote here by her. Um, you know, just kind of comparing the character from the start, you know, in Iron Man 2 to filming the character in Black Widow. She said, you look back at Iron Man 2, and while it was really fun and had a lot of great moments in it, the character is so sexualized, you know? 
really talked about like she's a piece of something like she's a possession or a thing or whatever like a piece of ass really and even tony refers to her as something like that at one point now people young girls are getting uh, are getting a much more positive message but it's been incredible to be a part of that shift and be able to come out the other side and be part of that old story but also progress evolve i think that's pretty cool and that's another reason why this movie should have come out uh 10 years ago because she was constantly and Again, I think this is something I brought this up to you, you know, uh, a week or so ago after I just rewatched the entire cinematic universe in order, like chronological order. So start with Captain America, um, the, the, the first Avenger, the, even though it wasn't that wasn't the first movie that came out. Um, if you watch, you know, Avengers, you know, she's generally got her. Her her suit zipped down, so there's a little bit of cleavage. And well, even in Avengers two, and because this is something we brought up on the Justice League thing, you know, like the whole Flash falls down face first into Wonder Woman's cleavage. In the scene where Ultron first uh, makes himself known in the, you know Age of Ultron, um, and like all the robots are out shooting everybody and everything, and everybody's fighting, um. And Natasha grabs Bruce and pulls him over the uh, the bar. He lands face first in her cleavage, like that. Just seems like, and that's uh, that's not who this character is. That's fucking Joss Whedon objectionalize object object objectifying women. So with the first Avengers film, ScarJo, I'm gonna call her that because obviously we're we're BFFs at this point. Uh, ScarJo looked at her costume for the film, and she was just like, "I'm supposed to fight in that because she did a lot of her own stunts." You know, she, like many of the Avengers uh, actors and stuff, like the cast. You know, she trained and you know trained in a bunch of different you know martial arts and different styles, and you know really got into great shape. I mean, she was she's always been in phenomenal shape but you know really worked out and really worked hard to be able to do most of these stunts herself you know so she looked at this suit and she was like i'm supposed to wear that she's like it's so tight and putting it on for the fitting and stuff like i mean it fit like a glove but seriously sometimes you know you the poses the you know action shot like everything that she was doing sometimes she had a difficult time moving because the suit was so tight because it hugged every last centimeter of her which is unfortunate because i mean nobody else really had a, an outfit like that you know like like maybe cap maybe captain america you know, they really stopped objectifying women when you got to when the Russos started uh, directing stuff. So Civil War, um, you know, uh, Infinity War, Endgame, especially Endgame. Endgame say, was more about the guys like that is America's ass, you know, like. But even, you know, in um, in Endgame. I mean, granted, yes, it was a, a fan service shot, but you know what? I fucking loved it. When Black it was... Widow wasn't in that shot. But still, 
No, I know. But still, what I'm saying is that, you know, that's when you could tell. I know it was kind of pandering to fan service, but still. Well, we haven't given you a female-led solo movie other than Captain Marvel, but, uh, you know, here's all the girls standing in one spot. There you go. Now we don't need to make a solo film. But, you know, they really focused on the the women, you know, kicking ass and saving the day and being... You know, a well, I mean, vital part of shit started hitting the fan until Captain Marvel showed up. Like, I think the Russos handled that a lot better than certainly a lot better than Joss Whedon, because, you know, as we say on this show, fuck Joss Whedon. But again, like this is another reason why this movie should have come out, you know, it around 20, 2015, the latest. It could have been a trailblazer. I gotta, I gotta Especially check. if it came out before Wonder Woman. I was gonna came say, out. when did Wonder Woman come out? Uh, I'm checking. It could that. have been, you know, like one of the one of the first. Twenty seventeen. Um, well, well, that's why I said around twenty fifteen. Because twenty fifteen, what else did Disney? What did Disney put out in twenty fifteen? I don't remember. The yesterday. Force Awakens with oh, Ray. Yeah. Like if you put out. Something, you know, you own all this shit. Like, you're going to let fucking DC do it first? You know, and even, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp, by the end of that, oh, we're in love now. Like, you can't even have a female, like, they have one female character that doesn't have a love interest, and it's Maria Hill. Well, and that's another thing, too, that I didn't like what they did with um, Black Widow. So, let me backtrack. I love her friendship and relationship with Hawkeye. With Clint? Clint. That's fucking perfect. That is phenomenal. Like, she was the only one who knew that he had a family and kids. Like, her, his kids know her as, you know, Auntie Natasha. That was a good, that was a good uh, thing. And when she goes to see his wife and she's like, oh, how's little uh, Natalie doing? And she's like... It's Nathaniel, and she kind of ducks down and, like, talks to the, the, the womb, and she's like, traitor. Like, that was some good writing. Yeah, you know, I, I really enjoyed that because, you know, believe it or not, kids, men and women can have platonic friendships. They can be best friends and not have any of that tension or whatever between them. You know, I think for Black Widow, it was, uh, you know— I think because of the sterilization that took place when she was so young, you know, it was almost like it was off the table for her to begin with, mm -hmm. you know, but she valued this person so much and she valued, valued her friendship. And what I love, and we see this in Black Widow as well, the, the film is the little nod to him. She wears the arrow necklace. Yep. And I think it is so subtle, but it's like, you know, it's almost like having a BFF necklace. You know, like you have matching necklace with necklaces or, you know, pieces of jewelry or, or tattoos or something with your best friend. You know, like I just think that is so sweet and like to know what that means to her and to be watching this film, you know, in hindsight, knowing what she's going to do. Right. I still think this would have had more of an impact. I pre think if this film had come out before endgame in four you know b before infinity war before endgame a lot more people would have been invested in the sacrifice that she made in 
Endgame. I know. It's like, oh, you killed Black Widow, the I second least fleshed out character. Fucking, yeah, but I mean, like, that whole scene, you know, them, like, fighting each other, going back and forth, you know, and her saying, like, you have a family, you have something to live for. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, I've made peace with Well, at the time, everything. he didn't have his family yet, and he wasn't sure if it was going to work. So, but but still, like you know, he. No, he I had, know what you're he saying. He had something to live for. He had something to look forward to, whereas she had herself. Right. You know, we didn't know about this faux family at the time, and we didn't know about we. I mean, you know, again, we knew a little bit of her backstory, what they told us, in, you know, little clips here and there, but a little like ta- you know mentions about the past. So but instead I feel of having like a if, fucking... if they really wanted us to care about her, they would have done something sooner. Yeah, like it doesn't even even having that like that, you know, like you're saying, like that was still emotional because we've been, you know, we've been, you know, we had spent almost a decade with this character. But where it's like, you know, you don't know much about Hawkeye. You know he has a family. Eh, like he's not really fleshed up. She is probably the least fleshed out character even now with this film. Out of any of like the main character, like Ant Man's about to get his third film with the Wasp, you know. So like there, you know, you got a backstory on on Hope Van Dyne. You got a backstory on uh, on uh, Scott Lang, but you really don't get much with with Black Widow. Like it sucks because you you have no idea. What she's gonna do, why, what her motivations are, why she cares, like everybody else is so fleshed out. Like again, they did three trilogies, two movies each, uh, two guys each got sequels. Uh, you know, if you count Ant Man and and Spider Man, you know, Captain Marvel only got a solo movie so they could show how powerful she is. So when she came back and fought Thanos, that you know. You know, people wouldn't be like, "Well, who's she? Why is she?" You know, all of a sudden fighting everybody. Like, Rhodey got more of a backstory than, uh, than Black Widow. Okay, so rather than talk about everyone who got a backstory, uh, uh you know, uh, no, it's just it's frustrating, is all. Right, but let's focus on Black Widow's backstory. Right. So, you know, obviously we mentioned the Red Room. Um, I thought it was interesting that they used ballet as a way to not only train them because i mean ballet is so rigid and especially russian ballet it was we saw in john wick russian ballet is is a horse of a different color it is so strict and you know so not only did they use that as a a way to condition these girls you know keep them in shape keep them limber which is excellent for you know and to be honest with you, a lot of athletes do ballet. Yeah, football players used to do it uh, before, like Pilates and yoga became popular. Right, like once, a, yeah, you know, uh, and I think some of them still do. But because you know it stretches, it stretches out the muscles in such a way, it keeps you limber. Uh, you learn how to control yourself. Like ballet is an art form, unlike anything else. It's even to the point where when they show all the other widows like going through their training motions. When we saw that in the in this film, what did I turn to you and said? I said, I bet you every one of them uh, 
is a dancer. Like they have a dance background because of the precision of their movements. Well, like yeah, they were going through like was gun perfe- food. Right, but it was you know everything was perfectly choreographed. So you know it it looked like you know a dance team was performing these moves because there was a gracefulness to everything. Yeah, and I I remember when I was doing martial arts, there were a couple of people who were like. It's like, wow, you know, you're like really led on your feet. You've done that. They're like, yeah, I used to, you know, I did dance for a long time. So that's how I was able to, you know, like this is second nature to me. It's very similar. So. Uh, but anyways, you know, I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, Natasha took to everything so well. You know, she picked up things quickly. She rose to the top of her class and soon became a master spy and that's kind of where she it was good and it was bad it was bad because obviously you know she's at risk of you know the better you get the more missions you're put on the more at risk you are of getting hurt or killed or if they're displeased with you in any way they'll burn you right um you know but because of that she was put on shields radar mm-hmm. and that is where she meant clint hawkeye uh, clint because, was sent to kill her right he was sent to to off her and he couldn't do it and saw potential in her and convinced nick fury and shield to recruit her and that's why again having a a, a solo film a few years earlier um you know, the whole interaction with her and Clint fighting while he's mind-controlled by uh, Loki. Uh, Loki in the first one, in the first Avengers. Like, her fighting him and, like, holding back and doing everything that she needed to do. Uh, and we find that out again in Civil War. It's like, you know, you were pulling your punches. You weren't hitting hard enough. Like, you know, they even have that little back and forth. Like, you know, they're fighting and he's like, are we still friends? You know, she's, oh, no, she says, are we still friends? And he says, that depends on how hard you hit me. And, you know, Scarlet Witch comes over and just, like, uses her power to, like, launch them sideways and uh, launch uh, ScarJo away. Mm-hmm. And she looks at him and she well, goes, I mean, you can you call her ScarJo because, you know, I'm yeah, best friends best with friends. her. Yeah. And she looks at him and she's like, you were pulling your punches. Like, you know, like, let's wrap this up. I got places to be. I have a souffle that I need to get to. Right. And, and that is Budapest. That's a, that's what happened in Budapest. You know, Budapest is where uh, Hawkeye was sent to kill her. And that's why, you know, she has that. That's Budapest, well, Budapest was operation. That's where she was supposed to kill the the main bad guy. Uh Drakeoff. Drakeoff. I Drakeoff. kept wanting to call him Barkov. Yeah, so that is where, uh, yeah, she is assigned by S.H.I.E.L.D. to kill Drakeoff after she is intercepted by S.H.I.E.L.D. To prove that she's 100% loyal, right, willing loyal to, to defect. Them. Yeah. And she doesn't kill him. Well, in an attempt to kill him, she kills his daughter, Antonia, or she thinks she kills his daughter. Well, she was standing there with everything exploding all around her. Like, they both should be dead, but... In this movie, you'll find that nothing kills anyone. It's impossible to die. Right. So she officially defects from Russia and joins S.H.I.E.L.D. And ultimately, you know, that's where she's uh, sent to recruit Tony Stark. And um, she's keeping Not so an much eye recruit him, but babysit. Uh, yeah. Keep him in line. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. Uh, and 
yeah, she goes to recruit the Hulk. They sent her specifically. Um, didn't work out. Although apparently, like you know, they like started dating or whatever, but like it never got serious. Uh, the whole that Hulk was, thing, I didn't. That like, was unnecessary. Go to sleep, big guy, like Sun's I getting didn't... real low, big guy. Yeah, like uh, that was just weird. I mean, it I was kind of funny when like Thor kept that. trying to do it. Like that was funny. Yeah, yeah, but like. You know, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't like that part of the character arc. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, if... the Hulk can't have sex because he can't get uh, aroused, which we learned in the Edward Norton movie, which is canonical because it has Tony Stark in it. Um, so the Ed Norton movie, I, I, he can't because they were he was fooling around a little bit with Liv Tyler, and he's like, nope, can't do that because I'll turn into the Hulk, uh, and. You know, that's when we find out that she was sterilized by the Red Room. Um, but this does this this movie does kind of uh, answer some of the questions, like why didn't you, you know, because uh, Florence Pugh's character uh, Yelena was like, you know, every day I was expecting Captain America to come kick the door in and and you know rescue everybody. She was, why didn't that happen? She's like. The Red Room was destroyed. And she's like, mm, no. No, no, it wasn't. Know, and, and what's his name? Jerkoff is dead. And she's like, no, he's alive. And it's like. Well, I mean, not only that, she didn't think that, uh, you know, knowing that her family was, uh, was a sham for the most part, she didn't think that they held those, you know, actually held those kind of feelings towards her. Right. You know, Yelena thought, and first of all, you know, Yelena is like one of the best characters of Black Widow. Her trolling Black Natasha oh, yeah. about the whole pose thing was hilarious. And then when she tries to do it herself, she's like, oh, this is stupid. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was just so fantastic, poking fun at, you know, the fact that every time, you know, the Black Widow did something, you know, she had to land a pose just right. Or, you know, she had to look pretty while fighting, you know, and, and which I think is bullshit because nobody really looks pretty while fighting. I I like the fact that there is a lot of these subsequent films are like kind of taking shots at stuff that I mean, part of it is, well, if we make fun of it, like we've we've acknowledged it. So no one can, you know, make fun of it. You know, it's not a plot hole. It's an Easter egg. You know, like if we make a meta joke about, you know, product placement, then we can do as much product placement as we want. Like, no, like just because you recognize that you did something dumb doesn't mean that you know it's not dumb but i don't know but uh so the film black widow actually picks up after captain america civil war yes so where she is on the run captain america is on the run uh, because they violated the Sokovia Accords. Yeah, and that's brought up at the very be- like that's the like the opening. I mean, scene like she's looking at a flashback. box of uh, blonde hair dye, mm-hmm. you know, uh, looking to change her look. Obviously, she's a redhead throughout the film, but towards the end is when you know she completes her transformation. And she's got a little bit of that blonde, blonde redhead thing going yeah. in uh, Endgame, beginning of oh, Endgame. Right. Well, it's because uh, it grew out. Because she's supposed to be a natural redhead. Right. So, you know, that that whole ombre thing that she had going on, it was because, you know, she let it grow out because she was no longer, 
she's no longer running from anything. Right. Uh, but she was key in, you know, getting the Avengers back together. Yeah. You know, I mean, and she was also key in handling everything after the snap. Yeah, she was all about um she was all about, you know, being like boots on the ground, you know, because she's one of those people that, you know, she can fight, but she also has all this like logistical training and like this background in, you know, um surveillance and espionage and, you know, she has many many skills. Like she has so many skills, Liam Neeson is jealous. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I yeah. Go ahead. Um. So I feel like not enough credit is given to this character in the MCU for her contributions. You know what she was able to do and how she carried herself throughout all of this. And granted, yes, I know she. Uh, unlike some of the other spies, because apparently they they went to chemical. Uh, what's Con- the, the, the the control of the brain. The, the, yes, like like chemical tr- control versus just complete brainwashing. Like what they did to Bucky. Yeah, like they were doing it uh, instead of like you know freight car longing, you know, butt plug, you know, like all all his like <laughs> specific words. Um, uh-huh. With her, it was like you know this uh, chemically controlled. You know, even at at one point. Uh, pheromone control like there were layers upon layers upon layers of like biological organic control like something that's like like at the, uh, towards the beginning we get to see Yelena like when she gets hit with the red mist she uh, it's almost like she comes to yeah well that's what it is like that counteracts the uh, the uh, the programming the chemicals like it, it makes it inert but we see her cut out her tracking chip that's in her thigh and you know like so this control goes beyond that like you you're able to you know it's like oh you can't just remove the tracking chip you can't just cut that out and now i can't get you you know like because we saw you know uh you know scarjo doesn't have any of that stuff but she's still not able to go after what's his face because of the pheromones right well i mean until she breaks her nose and severs the nerves like ah if you can smell me you cannot kill me you know which again uh i i I contribute to her training and the fact that you know she's just been um conditioned to feel pain and this kind of leads into your rant said like you think i can't take a punch you know, and this kind of leads into your rant of, you know, what you were complaining about watching the film uh, the other night. You know, the fact that unlike some of the other Avengers, you know, Natasha Romanoff, she's she's still a person. I mean, she's highly trained. Natasha, Clint, Nick Fury, none of them have powers. Ant-Man, without his suit is just a dude. Falcon, without a suit, is just a dude. Well, I mean, Black Panther without his suit. Iron Man without his suit. No, Black Panther without his suit is still a super soldier, like, because of the heart-shaped herb. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. But, but, I mean, Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man without the suit is just a dude. But, you know, as we saw, like, the suit's pretty much part of him at this point. But when we... Oh, I see a cat. That's schmooze. Um... (laughs) Sorry, I got distracted. Squirrel. No, uh, our our cat Bobby, who just turned uh, fourteen the oh, other day, she uh, she 
has been like hiding like that's her new thing she just like chills under the chair and doesn't like to come out uh she, she but she just came she's out just to use a, a litter box she's a and crotchety old lady she is she's getting grumpy she just in her wants old age to do things in her own way she doesn't want to be around zombie yeah she doesn't want to deal with anyone she so, just wants to be if captain america all right so we see multiple things first of all her car gets hit by a rocket explodes flips smashes uh she's fine no problem gets up starts fighting no problem um and maybe that's adrenaline, whatever. Maybe that's training. Fine. Not a scratch on her. Like, her clothes don't get ripped. It's like, you were just in a fucking uh, exploding car, and nothing happened to you. Second, we see her, uh, you know, the, 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 one of the, the second thing that really bothered me was um, when Taskmaster is in this giant tank and flips the car that she's in, and the car goes up over two other cars, lands on its roof, skids along the street, like crushed by the weight of the, the bottom of the car. So like this thing gets crushed down a good foot and a half, slides down a set of stairs into a subway, and she just gets up, no problem, not a scratch on her. The biggest fucking thing that drove me nuts, and this tied with the ending of the film too, and we'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes, but the biggest thing, they're trying to escape all the widow assassins. And so they, uh, they're they on like this smokestack thing, uh, her and Yelena, and they un unlatch it so it's falling forward. And they're both on it as it's falling and like they're getting ready to leap onto another building. You know, it's typical stunt stuff. But she falls off of it. They're like, I don't know, six stories up. She falls off of it. Hits every, like, fire escape and ventilation shaft all the way down. Hits, like, five or six of these things. Every single one of them on the way down. Lands on her fucking feet. If that was Spider-Man, I'm fine with it. Because Spider-Man has uh, a, an advanced healing factor. If it was Captain America or Bucky, I'm fine with it. Or even Black Panther without his suit because he's still got the heart-shaped herb, so he's essentially a super soldier. So he's got the heightened durability and everything like that. The, the, the suit just enhances his powers. So all of that, any of those guys, I'm fine with that. Thor, Hulk, I'm fine with them falling and smashing. Even uh, Iron Man in his suit. I mean, he would still be concussed, and we've seen Tony's face get all jacked up when his suit gets beat up. But she lands on her goddamn feet from like 60 feet up, probably falling about 30 miles an hour. Lands on her feet, doesn't have a scratch on her. Meanwhile, the other girl that she was like kind of grappling with that caused her to fall, hit the. she landed in water. And somehow her leg got turned sideways and like a bunch of her bones got broken. The side of her face is all jacked up. But, you know, Black Widow, perfectly fine, super. So, and, you know, it was pointed out to me because I was talking about this online. Uh, I was pointed out like, well, in the comics, it's like, that's fine. In the comics, she's got super soldier serum. That's fine. It was never established that she has anything other than uh, intense training. And I don't care how intense your training is. You're not landing on your feet, falling 66 stories, bashing your, your, your body off all of these uh, metal and concrete structures 
that's not happening. You're not landing on your feet. Then at the end of the film, after she's been, you know, repeatedly punched in the face, breaks her own nose by smashing her face on the desk, uh, gets the shit kicked out of her by, like, I don't know, two dozen other widows, uh, stabbed, um, and then she outruns an explosion as the whole Red Room floating fortress... Yeah, I, I've been wanting to do that the whole time. But as the Red Room floating fortress is falling and exploding and there's just shrapnel everywhere, uh, huge chunks of machinery falling from the sky, which somehow doesn't hit anybody, which is a goddamn miracle, and I fucking hate when movies do this, but she's able to essentially fall, I don't know, 20,000 feet, you know, doesn't get hit by any wreckage. She's fine. Like, yeah, I know that they... Uh, she uh, uh, grabbed onto Taskmaster, and, and they're, uh, you know, they jumped from piece of machinery to piece of machinery, but that's not how that works because you still have all your momentum. Like, she was hitting terminal velocity, had to be going a couple hundred miles an hour, and, yeah, she's fine. Yeah, she's fine, little little dinged up. You know, nothing a little, little concealer can't, can't help. You know, like, oh, let me just color that in. Like, let me just, oh, a little bandage. Like, she had, like, a couple of, like, I think her eye, you know, her eyebrow was beat up and, and she had a bloody nose. Like, that was that was it. That was it. It's like, yeah, you fell 20,000 feet. You're fine. That's that's cool. Like, and I have said this, and I have been consistent about this. I don't care what you want to throw at me in your movie. I don't care. I am willing to uh, suspend my disbelief. If you say uh, this priest turns into a dinosaur and kills people... Fine, Velocipaster. I'm totally cool with that. That's your that's your movie. That's the universe you live in. But if you were going to say this is a regular person, this is a normal human being who doesn't want to get shot because she'll die, doesn't want to get stabbed because she'll die, you know, um, but can fall six stories, banging off a whole bunch of stuff, land on her feet, no damage whatsoever, totally fine. Like, her spine should have collapsed like a goddamn cheap telescope. Her legs should have, like, shattered. Like, her shin bones should have been, like, in her face. Because she just should have just, as Gene Wilder said in uh, Young Frankenstein, collapsed like a bunch of broccoli. Uh, don't tell me she's a normal human. And then just like, oh, yeah, yeah, nothing can kill her. Can't possibly die. Like, we know that she's not going to die in this movie because we know when she dies... And, like, that's a whole different thing that I have a, an issue with prequels. But just because you know she's not going to die, it doesn't mean that she can suddenly have superpowers. Because if she had all those powers and all of this, you're establishing all of this, she wouldn't have died on fucking Vormir when she jumped off that cliff. Because that cliff was maybe 100 feet down. And she fell 20,000 feet. And she was fine. Well, I think the difference between the two is uh, she was bracing herself for a fall in Black Widow. She in what threw scene? Herself, in what in scene all was she them, bracing in herself? In all of them, like you know, she. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. No, there's just no devil's advocate. Just hear me. No, no, no. Just hear me out. You know. Uh, in this film, she was bracing herself. She was, you know, aware that she was falling. She, you know, was doing everything, 
you know, her, her instincts kicked in. You know, she was doing everything to, to, to preserve herself, keep herself alive. In Endgame, the whole point of her throwing herself off that cliff right, it was, a self-sacrifice. was to die. But, so she wasn't bracing herself. But she wasn't doing matter. anything it to protect herself. To touch on what we talked about earlier about the death of the Incredible Hulk, whether he braces himself or not, a fall from an airplane is not going to kill him. If you can fall 60 feet and bounce off every structure on the way down and land on your feet and have zero damage, like, you can't brace for that. Like, it's not possible. Like, your bones cannot withstand that impact. You are going close to terminal velocity. If you're falling 20,000 feet with explosions and, and all this shit all around you and you use a parachute but only for, like, two 300 feet... Doesn't matter how much you brace yourself, you are going to die landing on the ground. Like, that's just how it is. So whether or not, like, you have amazing training, like, that doesn't matter. You are going to die. Like, if she got shot in the face, none of her training would have helped her. So if she can fall, you know, these ridiculous heights in this movie, that fall should not have killed her. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's not possible. Even if she was trying to die... You know, like, if I fall out of bed, but my my reflexes kick in and I, I land, I'm going to be okay. If I fall out of bed, my reflexes don't kick in, I might be a little more dinged up, but I'm still going to be okay. Like, the laws of physics don't change because it's like, and if you try to brace yourself, that's even worse. You are better off going limp because if you're trying to, t if you're like, let me tense up. Everything is tense, and that's when you get hurt more. Like, that's what they tell you in, you know, with uh, car crash victims. If people don't see it coming, they get uh, less injured than someone who does see it coming because they're tensing up, and they're, like, squeezing all their muscles together, and everything's constricted and contracted, and that's when more damage happens. So, in theory, she should have been better off not trying to brace herself, but that shouldn't have killed her. So that's my rant on Black Widow. Uh, I did. I did enjoy it. P.S. Parking was ample. Go ahead. Yeah, I know you got more stuff to to speak of. Well, I was just saying, like, are you, to be honest, I don't care. I do. I don't care. I know. I you was don't. thoroughly entertained. Uh, I got it. I thought the story was fantastic. Uh, the the end credit scene, though, whole. Oh. Oh, uh, so I feel like the end credit scene of, of Black Widow. Double spoiler, if been... you have not seen uh, Sam the Eagle and Bucky with the good hair. Correct. Uh, I felt like that whole scene would have been more effective, better suited if this film had come out a year ago. Now, again, you know, I know things have... It, it is what it is. You know, it's not like we can do anything about it. But that end credit scene, you know, we know that there is a Hawkeye standalone series coming out eventually soon, I think. I think um, this year, next year. August. I uh, think. Hold on. And this yeah, sets ahead. up for that. Absolutely. You know, it, it's setting up the, my guess is potential villain for that series. Uh, the central or, conflict. Or we'll say you, right, yeah. The yeah, that, that's a good, yeah. Not necessarily villain, but definitely conflict. Um, 
you know, I have I have some theories about that that I'm gonna I'm gonna save for another day. But that that end credit scene, like I said, you know, it was it was great. But uh, yeah, I don't know exactly when, but it is coming out um, soon. It's coming out this year. I want to say August. So confirmed to be in that, uh, Jeremy Renner. Shocker! Haley, I'm so surprised. Haley Steinfeld as his daughter. Okay. Uh, Vera Farmiga. Uh, whatever, I'm here for it. But I love her. I'm Eleanor, here for it. Eleanor Bishop, which maybe his sister, his mom, like I don't know. Uh, Florence Pugh, obviously. Zan mm-hmm. uh, McLaren, I don't know. Uh, Brian Darcy James, Tony Dalton, Alakwa Cox, Fra Fee, and Christopher Cock. I don't. I'm not familiar with those folks, but. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Julian Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus's name is uh, added to that. Uh, yeah, and it would it would and make a lot of sense. And that's another character. I am so intrigued. I want to know. I don't more. know who she is. Um, I I am so. I mean, I love Julia. But Louis discussing anyways, uh, but. discussing this uh, yesterday with uh, Mr. Dynamo Mars, is uh, uh, we were we were driving around. I was bringing him to work, and he uh, he was saying that. From what he has seen, because uh, he's more invested in the comics than we are, like far more. Uh, from what he has seen, uh, she, her story has been uh, the one that's cl- most closely linked to the comics. And he hasn't seen the movie yet, but he was mentioning a few things to me, and I was like, "Yeah, that makes up that that makes a lot of sense. That you know, that's." something that you see in this film so i was like okay that's good i like that um like there were slight tweaks to some of the things but i was like okay this makes uh this makes a lot of sense so i think all in all what you uh you know what you can take out of this is both of us uh, we both enjoyed the film you know i have certain problems with it but again that's me it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the film you know i talked about it afterwards obviously because it well, well I mean, you talked about it during, you talked about it after, you're talking about it now. Well, t- now, is, now is still <laughs> technically after. Um, you know, I honestly... I didn't talk about it before. W- w- <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, but in all honesty, I really wish that they had taken the time to develop this character a bit more in the MCU and to kind of give her her proper due. You know, give her justice, make her, uh, make the audience more invested into this, you know, in this character to where her death would be more impactful, you know, um, or at least give her a a TV series, the end of Endgame, it was, uh, Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye. Yep. Talking about vision and and talking about, you know, the sacrifices and that was completely overshadowed. You know, I mean, because I mean, granted, yes, it was happening at Tony Stark's funeral, but it was just completely overshadowed by the fact that they were at Tony Stark's funeral, and then Cap shows up, and you know, well, everybody whole was thing, there. Yeah, everybody. You know, was everyone there. was there, and you know, even Ty Simpkins from Iron Man like, Three was there. You know, these characters weren't given their proper. Uh, a proper goodbye. Yeah. You know, we don't know 
because obviously we saw, we had WandaVision. We're not exactly sure what's going to happen to Vision as far as that's concerned. Well, there's Will a we new one. There's a, we'll see him because there was White Vision got all his memories, so he's essentially Vision. So everything's good. But we don't know exactly what's going to happen uh, with with that. But we know that Black Wid- that this is the end of Black Widow's story. You know, Scarlett Johansson will never be reprising the role ever again. Or as that's what she's saying right now, anyways. I mean, they say the same thing you know, about uh, Tony Stark and, and Chris Evans, but they're both like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe we'll do this, maybe we'll do that. Mm. I mean, I'm fine with let's move on from Tony Stark and focus on new characters. I'm, you know, I'm definitely interested in this next phase of the MCU. Because he's gotten six I movies just already. I feel that Eight. some of these characters Ten. could have been laid to rest uh, a little bit better. Yeah, of the... Of in the... a more appropriate way. You know, some of these characters, like Black Widow, you know, her sacrifice is what saved... Everyone, everything, humanity. They, yeah, what she, her death brought back literally millions of people, trillions uh, upon trillions of life forms. Like, it's not just the people on Earth, it's everyone that Thanos snapped away. Other planets, other galaxies, other solar systems, trillions upon trillions upon trillions. You of know, life so forms. The, so the fact that, you know... I think that might have weighed uh, her, her ledger. Might have uh, might have gotten her back even. Really, yeah, just just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I feel like they could have handled this character a little bit better in the MCU. And, you know, there was a lot to... Uh, in my research, there was a lot to unpack with this character. And they only really tell you so much in the MCU, you know, had we gotten a proper backstory, uh, you know, years ago, you who knows, maybe we could have could have gotten a, a couple of standalone Black Widow films or, you know, a standalone film and then, you know, a film where other people show up or something like that. It's you know, a TV that's a, show. Or that, too, you know. Like, I mean, like, I, Loki I, I was the like... first time we watched something. Because and, and think about this, and you know this is something that's been weighing on my mind. This is the first time we're watching a movie, or watching a TV show, and it's not all about Tony fucking Stark, Ant Man about Tony Stark. You know, there's the three Iron Man movies, Civil War, the Avengers, the second Avengers, the third Avengers, the fourth Avengers, Spider Man, Spider Man Two. Everything is about fucking Tony Stark. Everybody has something to do with Tony Stark in every single one of these movies. Um, so it would have been nice to have had, you know, even though that's how she was introduced to us, give her a solo. Like, this would have been so much cooler. Like, imagine an hour-long episode of them breaking out of the prison. Imagine an hour-long episode of... um that opening scene of them fleeing from shield you know give me that fucking budapest flashback right like that would have been fantastic you know don't just say oh yeah we we spent five days in hiding and had a shootout with you know the 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 special forces like wow like that sounds like a really interesting concept can we see that like there's so many of these things that like just get mentioned in passing. You know what else I would have loved to see? Thanos stealing the goddamn uh, Power Stone from the Nova Corps 
on uh, whatever, what the hell planet were they on? I don't remember what planet they were on. But uh, Zan, not Xander, not Xandar. That's a different one. Uh, but yeah, going, you know, and and that whole thing, instead of him just showing up with it, like, you know, give me a series about that. Like, that would be cool. Like, I'd love to see that at some point. Um, you know, there's so much to her story. Like, show me the episode of uh, Alexi fighting Captain America. Right? And that's a whole other thing, too. Don't introduce these char- these, these secondary characters to me and then just leave them. Like, I am fully invested in the Red Guardian. I want more of... And, uh, you know what? I have to... I have to... I have to take back what I said because this this movie also referenced fucking Iron Man because Florence Pugh says, oh, yeah, back when you were the Crimson Dynamo. And he's like, no, Red Guardian. Crimson Dynamo was the Russian Iron Man. Remember I mentioned that to you? Yes. Yeah. So, again, they can't give us something that doesn't have to do with Tony Stark. Ugh. Um, I mean, I know. I know. I know. Okay? I get it. But, come on. Um, so, yeah, final thoughts. Uh, we both enjoyed it. Um, we both think that there's a ton more of this story that can and should be told. But I don't think we're ever going to get it. Maybe in an animated series. Maybe. Um, maybe we get a little bit more of it in the Hawkeye series. I kind of hope so. Because you've got eight episodes. You know, it's not like Loki where you have to tell this entire story in six. Because even that felt rushed. Well, I mean... Well, and lo- six 40-minute episodes. Loki is getting a second season. Right. But like, that felt... You know, six... You know, 40 minutes, six times 40, 480. So that's six hours. You know, that's under six hours. But uh, six times 40 is 240. Sorry. Four hours. So four hours worth of, uh, worth of story still didn't seem like there was enough. Like, this could have been fleshed out. Like, this could have been 20 episodes. You know, this whole series. You know, there's there's so much. And that's a problem, I think, with some of these movies is that they try to put too many Easter eggs and too many, you know, new characters and too many references to other properties. Um, and it just it opens up more questions it's like well, what about this what about this how does this affect what's going on how does that affect what's going on why is that character here well i think you know as the universe grows as they introduce more characters you know like when the avengers started it was just hulk and thor and iron man and captain america and hawkeye and black widow yeah, it was those those uh, like original those six. Seven. That that was six? six. That was it. And then they added more. And then they added more. And I feel like well, they, they added other teams. But I feel like they should have given the original six characters their proper due before they moved on to adding more characters. Well, I mean, Hulk had a movie. Uh, Cap had uh, two. No, Cap had one. Sorry, Cap had uh, Hulk had Hulk had one. Cap had one. Iron Man had two. Uh, Thor had one. 
Yeah, Thor had had one because this was the one that first introduced Thanos in the post credit scene. Uh, Hawkeye, we had seen a little of in the first Thor film. Uh, very, very little. Uh, Natasha, we saw, you know, a decent amount in uh, Iron Man 2. So there was, I mean, obviously they everything got centered around Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. Mostly Iron Man. But uh, I will say, you know, for folks who haven't uh, kind of put this together, the scene in Iron Man, I'm sorry, in Avengers where Cap and Tony are getting ready to, like, fight each other, and he says, you know, everything special about you came out of a bottle, and, you know, he says, you know, uh, Cap says to him, like, you know, you're not the type of guy who would, you know, take, you know, lay on the wire and let the other guy crawl over you. And that final sequence in Endgame, you know, everything special about you came out of a bottle, and then he wields Mjolnir. You know, you're not the type of guy to make the sacrifice play, and that's exactly what Tony does. You know, like, I thought that was really cool. That was a, a nice payoff, and uh, good job by the, the Russos and the writing team in that one. But uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts before we take our last break? So just kind of like a quick fun fact. So when ScarJo, because again, I can call her that because we're BFFs, uh, when she was just trying to learn her lines, run her lines and stuff, she asked her husband, Colin Jost of SNL fame, to run lines with her. And he didn't want to because he's such a huge Marvel fan. He didn't want to read the script ahead of time because he didn't want any spoilers. That makes sense. So he, he he refused to run lines with her because he didn't want anything spoiled for him. I would have run lines with her. I'd have been like, who am I supposed to be? Hulk? Oh, smash. Like, you know, who am I? No, he's not. He's not done. Yeah, but this, this was, you know, uh, for the Black Widow film. Oh, 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 yeah, I would. But he didn't want. He's such a fan of the films. He didn't want anything like. Imagine if they got him. into a fight and she's like, I know how Endgame's gonna gonna finish. Like, you know, oh, I know what's gonna happen in the Hawkeye series. Like, well, apparently the only person who, uh, so a couple of fun facts. She only has five minutes of screen time in in Infinity War. Obviously, she has more screen time in Endgame. Uh, but that's because they were trying to fit so many characters. Yeah, there were like Infinity seventy characters War. in there. You know, it was, it in was thousands crazy. of I extras. Mean, but, but you know, here's the thing: they did a pretty good job with handling everything and yeah. everyone. Um, and um, geez, I'm trying to remember what my other fun fact was. Five minutes of screen time does seem like not a lot, and but like in huge, impactful scenes. Like again, rewatching these. The scene where Cap and uh, her and Cap and Falcon show up to save uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision, whew, still get chills. Like, it's that well done. Like, you still. And when Cap lifts Mjolnir, like, that's. I will say, everybody in the Avengers is a jerk for not going and checking on Thor for five years. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. So. Everybody's a jerk. But he made friends. He had Korg and Meek. But when did they come see him? When did they come see him? When they needed When him. it was time to go punch people. You know, and that's probably why. You know what the first thing Thor does when he has both of his uh, things and he sees uh, 
uh, Thanos just sitting there, and they're getting ready to fight. The, the Trinity there is getting ready to fight. You know what the first thing he does when he gets his electric powers? You know what he does? And a lot of people haven't noticed this. Braids his beard. When he, when he gets Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, he's holding them both there, and he like gets supercharged with electricity, braids his beard magically. That's what happens. Magic beard braid. Because that's that's what's important. You gotta braid his beard. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I don't want to look all scruffy. <laughs> there might be some ladies here. Perhaps they'll all be in a single shot together. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So this is a good place to wrap up. Let's uh, take a quick break because we've been talking about this for about an hour and fifteen minutes, and uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll play the. Uh, the theme song for Black Widow, which I think is pretty good. Uh, but it doesn't sound like they worked super hard on it. And we have a new battle to throw down. Yes. So we'll be right back. Greetings, weary adventurer. Do you have a taste for the exotic? Do regular snacks no longer provide the thrill ye seek? Would ye rather eat a cod piece than another boring candy bar? And it's time for ye to sink your teeth into Mythical Meats Exotic Game Sticks. Mythical Meats offers a wide variety of exotic flavors based on creatures of legend to give ye a snack experience of epic proportions. Like it hot? Try the Spicy Creatures Sample Pack featuring dragon, chupacabra, and werewolf. More in the mood for something a bit milder? Try the Creatures of the Sky sample pack with Pegasus, Griffin, and Phoenix. Can't decide on which one you want? Why not try the Exotic Flavor sample pack featuring all ten flavors so you can find your favorite. Go to mythicalmeats.com to see the full selection of flavors and place your order. All orders over $49 get free two-day shipping. Mythical Meats Exotic Game Snack Sticks. So good, they're legendary. Are you looking to add to your collection of sports memorabilia? Trying to find that grail item to show off to your friends? Do you like to win? Then head on over to the Major Sports Drops group on Facebook. From pucks to jerseys, bats to helmets, Major Sports Drops is your place for sports memorabilia items dropped daily. Signed by today's stars as well as Hall of Famers. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Mike Ditka, Barry Sanders, Wade Boggs, Zdeno Chara, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Frank Thomas, and many more autographs have already been pulled. You can get in on the action for as little as $5 per spot. There are multiple drops each day, with special contests also running at various times each month as well. So join the Major Sports Drops Facebook group and get in on the action today. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian, and you are listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast.
And we're back. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know everybody loves hearing me rant about, you know, physics in a goddamn superhero film. Wait a minute. Is that why they call you Patsy the Angry Nerd? That's why, uh, yes, because uh, I get angry about... Oh, my God. It makes so much sense now. I'm always, you know, that's my secret. I'm always angry. You know, but, uh, <laughs> no, that's not true. I'm, I'm generally not angry. I'm just, you know low-key angry but I, I do just, hope you're not angry you're just low-key yeah <laughs> i hope you guys uh, did enjoy that uh everybody at home i hope that was a fun episode i hope you learned some things and uh, i hope you got a chance to see the film and you know we'd love to hear what you think about it you know throw it on thursday podcast at gmail.com or you know facebook group or you know message one of us you know that's totally cool um so we do have uh, a new battle, and uh, we actually just decided on it uh, a few minutes ago. No, 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 no. no. I've, been, I've been planning this. It's been in the works. And we decided on it. a bit of help. You had a couple of things, and I contributed a couple of things. So I was like, oh, I bet I you have this group. that's called teamwork. I'm like, oh, I bet you have this one. Oh, no, that, that's a good idea. I bet you have this. No, but that's a good idea. So, like, you know, I was able to contribute. But, like, but like I have the original idea. I, I facilitated. I contributed. And when I contribute, <laughs> we play the contribute song. Or we don't. There we go. Uh, seasoned listeners will know that that's not the contribute song. That's actually the battle theme when we have a new battle. So, uh, Ashes, give us the new battle. So today we are throwing down Sisterly Slugfest, which dynamic duo has what it takes, or I should say, no, not, not necessarily duo, uh, has what it takes to clobber their opponents and reign supreme. No powers, just punches. The Sandbox is Sister Margaret's School for Wayward Children, and the special guest referees are Tia and Tamara Maori. And you can choose from Natasha Romanoff and Yelena Belova, the Powerpuff Girls, Gamora and Nebula, or Kate and Beth Kane. They call them Gammy and Nebs. That's their... Uh... I, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's real life. That's not a real thing that happens. Maybe in your brain, though. Gam, gam, and nebby. Gam, gam, and nebby. Hey, Nebula wielded the Infinity Gauntlet in the comics, so, you know, bam. Um, so, yeah, we've got... What do we got? Ne what's next week? Is next week uh, He-Man? Are we doing He-Man next week? We're doing something next week. I don't know. We've, we've got a bunch of stuff we're, coming up. Yeah, I say we're, we're in the process of trying to flesh some stuff out, but we do have some really great episodes coming up. Oh, and we get to meet Dominic this weekend. Uh, again, we get to go see him. At, yeah, uh, we Nick's, are uh, Nick's hanging at, out uh, a little Andover. bit with Dominic Pace. Uh, you know him from Megalodon and the episode where we had the opportunity to Episode 101, him. Danger is Rising. Uh, you also know him from Star Wars, The Mandalorian, as Gecko the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, he's joined us a few times, uh, a couple of live shows. You know, he's done a bunch of stuff. You know, he's been traveling all across the country last year, this year. Yep. He just sang the national anthem in uh, at, a, at a minor league ballpark. Yeah, so that's pretty great. Uh, he had a really great film come out last year. 
Oh yeah, uh, anonymous killers, which yep. I wrote a uh, uh, an article for. Um, and r- rumor has it that after his current uh, tour that he's doing, he is going back to, work. to be yeah, getting yeah, back to work. He which has is a job like. to do. So uh, good luck to him. Uh, yeah, looking we want to see him, in him more stuff. And, you know, if you're eagle-eyed, you saw him in uh, the Birds of Prey movie. If you're eagle-eyed, like I am. Um, also, Agents of Shield, uh, and you know, as you know, we are uh, uh, close partners with the Strongwilled uh, Sports Memorabilia and More Group. And uh, Dominic was actually nice enough to send some uh, some some signed photos, signed and personalized photos to uh, some of those folks over there, which yeah, is uh, so pretty uh, awesome of him. Just a, just a really awesome and genuine person and i'm looking forward to having conversations with him and hoping he'll kind of give us a little uh inside on what he has coming up yeah maybe we get a little bit of a sound for him uh yeah Yeah, so we'll we'll see we'll see uh you can also catch us at terrificon on july 31st conventions are back I'm still being masked up. But yeah, I would say we will still be masked and practicing safe precautions, but we will be there. Uh, we will be there, I believe, that Saturday, July 31st. Mm-hmm. That is at Mohegan... Mohegan Fox Sun, Mohegan Sun and Uncasville. Yeah, Mohegan Sun. Uh, Uncasville, Connecticut. So that is fantastic. Uh, definitely check Terrificon out. And you heard their uh, ad earlier in the in the episode. They have some pretty cool guests lined up and some great vendors, including my friend Heather from Scully Couture. She's going to be there, and I'm so excited to see her. Yeah, it's going to be great seeing her and buying things. And just seeing everyone, you know, in person. I get to go see Larry Kenny, uh, who who I interviewed on the Creator Spotlight show, who wished me a happy birthday. Larry Kenny, super nice guy. Still getting acting work, voice acting work. He's the guy. Did he wish you a happy birthday, like, like? recently or this year on on my birthday oh on your birthday okay well i mean that's that's good to know yeah like he wished me happy birthday two days ago my birthday was like five months ago but hey wished me happy birthday on christmas (laughs) like no like he wished me happy birthday on my birthday as we are facebook friends larry kenny voice of lion o like you know that's super rad so yeah, we uh, we got to see him, and he's he's a super nice guy. And uh, we have some other projects in the work, but like I said, you know, conventions are back, so you will slowly be seeing us out and about. Uh, only confirmed ones: Terrificon, uh, Happenstance Horror Fest yes, in September. Yes, uh, that is happening at the eighteenth. Uh, yeah, September eighteenth. That is a Saturday. Um, Happenstance Horror Fest is a great film festival that showcases, you know, short films, slightly longer films, independent films from the area. And that is going to be happening, I believe it's at Barry's Drive-In. Um, and that is, let's see how long I can stall this while I'm looking it up. Uh, Barnsey's Barrington Cinema. That is up that in close. Barrington, New Hampshire. A lot of berries in there. So I get that's where you, you, you saw berry. Um, 
honestly, if you want more information, we're going to post some stuff in the uh, Throwdown Thursday group on Facebook. Yeah, we, we share the page and everything. Um, but um, just just Google or look up Happenstance on, Horror Fest. It's on, if you look for it on Facebook, it, it'll take you right to the group, right to the page. So it's, it's easy to find, and you can get all the information there as well. Uh, and you'll find us also at uh, Monster Expo because that's going to be Monster your Monster Expo. That's your birthday uh, yeah, weekend. Yeah, in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. That is the weekend of my birthday. Uh, we're going to be there all weekend. So come honor your queen and buy her drinks. Lavish me with gifts of the wine, trinkets, and baubles. Persuasion. Um, but yes, that'll be a really fun time. We actually we actually have a suite. We have a room for that weekend. It's actually uh, like there's like it's a, like a living room with an ocean view and then there's like a separate bedroom. So if you plan on going to Monster Expo, reach out and maybe we will invite you to the private party that's the, happening upstairs. The after party because that's also the, the after, Bruins, after party. The Bruins, uh, the Bruins home, home opener, opener on like the it's 16th, a, that's Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, my birthday is that 7 the the, the Sunday the 17th, so it's going to be really Welcome to the rock and fun zone. Um yes, and we have some other stuff in the works as well, so Definitely stay tuned. Yeah, we've got stuff. some we've got some good stuff coming fun up. Fun stuff. But anyways, uh I've had a lot of wine and I need to go to bed. And so with I that need being said to eat lunch, dinner. You need to eat lunch. Uh yeah, so <laughs> with that being said, we will, we will see, see you next Thursday. Thursday. Dinner lunch.